because in the beginner's mind you have infinite possibilities in the expert mind you have limited and right now uh, i observe and sense that a lot of people want to already have the right formula to navigate this moment instead of let's create the right conditions for us to explore different formulas and see what may work or what may not work magical greetings everyone and welcome to the world needs magic podcast my name is rubens i am director of spells at abra academy abra academy believes the world needs magic not only rapidly hats coins and silks but also the magic of people Today we have a very special guest, Natalie Trutman, former CEO at Hyper Island. Natalie has over 20 years of experience and has led initiatives for visionary education institutions such as Hyper Island, Singularity University and FIAP. She has a passion for innovation, transformation, redefining learning and connecting the dots. We will be talking about the magic of learning organizations. Natalie, welcome and thank you for joining us. Where is your attention now? Yes, Rubens, thank you. So I think this moment is very special and challenging for all of us because it took us all so much by surprise. There was no time to prepare. So it really caught us off guard and it provided us with a true mirror, both individual but organization-wise, of what we had and didn't have, what we had already done and we, what we hadn't done. And um, it's very important both for us as individuals, but also for organizations uh, to try to observe how our automatic reaction is to duplicate, replicate patterns that have worked for us in the past, but that are not necessarily going to be what are going to get us through this period that we're having. And learning organizations are those that have been allowing already all of their executives to learn and experiment a lot. Because in the end, organizations don't sell products or services. Organizations are places where people are making decisions. And the quality of their decisions is directly correlated to the balance between arrogance and humbleness. And we all have a bit of arrogance and humbleness. It's inevitable. So when a lot of organizations may have been focused on, oh, let's save the world, let's be better people, the organizations that have been focused more on the reality that we're all real people, we all have an arrogant and a humble side, a more altruistic and a more selfish side, and that have created systems in place for people to really show themselves as they are. Right now, we're all having the opportunity to show ourselves as we are. We're all caught uh, in our homes, in our spaces, uh, so there's more of that reality, but those organizations that were already working on that reality of people and that already had systems and practices in place to bring that real self to the table and help individuals grow as persons inside their companies are better prepared uh, for the moment we're facing. So probably in those organizations, it's more acceptable or they're more used to uh, sharing uh, worries, fears, and they're more used to giving support to each other, whereas other organizations right now are having to catch up with that. And the importance of the balance between arrogance and humbleness in the decisions we make. Because when you are very self-confident, you might have uh, high degrees of arrogance. When you are very humble, you might have high degrees of insecurity, uncertainty. So how do you balance those two? And how do you always promote uh, healthy mindset and a healthy attitude uh, of beginner. 
because in the beginner's mind you have infinite possibilities in the expert mind you have limited and right now uh, i observe and sense that a lot of people want to already have the right formula to navigate this moment instead of let's create the right conditions for us to explore different formulas and see what may work or what may not work so uh, it seems like we're still uh, working from a place where we're rushing to have the conclusion instead of working from a place where we're opening different paths allowing ourselves to explore different paths because we understand that the conclusion might not be as simple or a replication of what has worked in the past for us thank you and uh, natalie i think i think it's really like there, there's lots of resistance towards like implementing something like like that how how can we build this beginner's mind where where do we start from to build this this mindset into a company yes, yes i think it's it's difficult uh, first for for us individually especially as adults because we're always wanting to see the end right and the beginner's mind you you exercise it when you allow yourself even sometimes to do things that seem to have no productiveness. Just the fact that you're exercising another part of your mind. So a lot of us maybe at this moment have decided to allocate our time on productful endeavors. What kind of course can I enroll in that is going to be productive? Uh, which is good, but what if we just allowed ourselves also to experiment in areas where we don't know what the end, end will be like uh, because a very important component at this time is our energy levels and our enthusiasm levels and these uh, you may need to get them elsewhere this experience is reminding me a lot of an experience i had many years ago when the company i was working for was bought and the leaders of the company said oh this is going to get resolved in one or two months we're going to resolve it and, in rea and we were all paralyzed. Uh, we couldn't make any decisions. We had to live from month to month. There was no money to spend. We, we, were all, we were on hold waiting for the decisions to be made. But the decisions took a whole year. So what was supposed to be two months took a whole year. And I remember that a lot of people spent a lot of time, you know, uh, wondering, talking about it, speculating, hypothesizing. And at that time, I didn't know, but I just thought, uh, you know what, I'm going to do something I wanted, always wanted to do, which was sailing. And I convinced two friends uh, to come with me and get a sailboat. And we bought a really cheap sailboat that we thought, you know, just needed some paint and uh, some curtains and it was going to work. But we had never sailed in our lives, ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was fantastic, you know, we spent the whole year reading about sailing, learning how to sail, fixing the sailboat. The sailboat hardly worked. It wouldn't take us around the world. It just took us around the little place. But the energy that this uh, beginner mindset, uh, stepping into a completely new world, uh, hanging out with sailors, listening to their stories, reading about uh, other sailors who had gone about around the world, the energy that this generated was as a priceless and it brought a better person in me to the company because I wasn't one of the ones who was always like spending time worrying what is going to happen what is not going to happen I spent the whole year just being really energized enthusiastic and uh, infecting others so I think where, where can we begin right now 
for those of us who are working and who have heavy workloads, it's harder because you're doing the home load and the workload. But if you can just have a wild dream of something that you think is impossible, it doesn't matter. But just break it like a puzzle and start with the first step. And for those of us who are not working, uh, also start something that really excites you, no matter how small. And uh, just start it and get into it and just dream big. It doesn't matter if at the end of six months, three months or a year, you're going to make it or not. The important thing is to get into that enthusiastic, uh, happy, a childlike flow state where you're not counting the days anymore and you're not uh, hanging on to the news every single day to see what happened. You know, when the thing finally is, gets lifted off, you're going to be like, wow, you know, I, I learned something from you. I, time flew by. I didn't even feel it. I was a happy, enthusiastic person. I was able to contribute to my teams, to my family, to my workplace with a different kind of energy. Thank you for that, Natalie. You know, like uh, I sell magic, right? Magic to transform organizations. And the biggest challenge is always like making the difference between how you make money and how you work and showing the importance of how you work and how much how you work can benefit the way you make money. But I, I, it's still like, it's always like, it's a war, right? For you to, to make such a simple magic come true. How did you experience that being while you were leading uh, Hyper Island and, and other organizations? Yes, it's a huge challenge. So uh, when I was uh, at Hyper Island and before that, it was always you try to overcome the skepticism with the kind of um, numerical and conceptual uh, context that uh, people needed to hear first, right? So if you just come in with something very creative, they can disregard you very easily and say, oh, that's just another creative person who can hardly pay their bills. Uh, but we did the combo. We would come with something very technical, very business, uh, very number driven that could show uh, impact in the business. And with that uh, skepticism overcome, then you would have a poetic license to show them um, that this was important. There are a couple of companies that are called deliberately developmental organizations or learning organizations who already know that uh, it is very important for them to invest in the development of their individuals because this is going to directly impact their sales and their business. One of the most classic examples is the Zappos exa example, uh, delivering happiness, right? What did happiness have to do with business? But it's, it's basic, one-on-one. The happier your employee, the more committed, the more engaged. Uh, Zappos had something in their way of working that they said they were not selling shoes, they were making human connections. So it didn't matter what the person was calling about. Whoever answered the phone, uh, their task was to make that moment magical. That moment, the, the happiest moment of that person at that moment. So there's a lot of stories of how people would call in asking for movie theater schedules or asking even for help for wedding arrangements. And the Sapples team was very well trained to be at the service of whatever that person needed because what they wanted was an unforgettable contact with those persons. And that's what made their company so special. That's what made people working in the company be so excited because they were allowed to go off the script and create magic. Because when you create magic for another, you're also creating magic for yourself, right? I imagine you, Rubens, uh, when you do your tricks and you see somebody smiling on the other side, uh, it brings a smile to yourself. So, so this is what nurtures us. This is what uh, keeps our fuel going. Yes. 
And I think we, I mean, living this time where the world is totally upside down can definitely open, open doors and open the mind of many people that up to the moment maybe were more resistant to this kind of uh, approach. But we also talked over the phone about new, new times asking for new habits. What habits do you think companies could incorporate now to build a, a learning workplace? Yes, great question, Rubens. I think uh, it's very important to review all the to-do lists that companies have today. And what is really, what in those to-do lists really makes a difference in our customer uh, deliveries and in our people experience? Uh, so many to-dos, do we need so many to-dos? Do we need so many extensive hours or could we uh, lower the load a bit, do less, and be creating spaces for us to be having the opportunity to listen to the sounds of the future. Everybody right now is thinking, what is going to happen and how is it going to happen? What is the winning formula? And uh, having uh, endless to-do lists, endless tasks, and having people uh, exhausted and stressed is not going to give us the, the mindsets, the creativity, the imagination we need. Somebody these days said that the first thing that goes out in a crisis is imagination. Uh, because it's considered more expensive or we don't have time right now. So everybody's going into crisis mode and cutting costs. But how can we, can, how can we still create thriving environments and moments for our people? So they are exciting, enthusiastic, and uh, with their little antennas out trying to listen. And, and Natalie, thinking about what stops or hinders us from being able to really achieve a beginner's mind across a company, what, what, what comes to your mind? There are many. <laughs> yes, but if you can, I think, like some concrete examples, because you work with so many great companies, like from Oracle to Red Bull to Unilever, what gets on the way? I think a lot of the things that get on the way is the abundance of resources, financial resources, which is uh, in Clayton Christensen's uh, great book, How Will You Measure Your Life? He says that's bad money. Uh, smart money is when you have very little resources and you make something happen with very little resources. So in big companies, the great difficulties that they're used to creating such bigger initiatives and they are not comfortable with smaller initiatives because you're always comparing it to your existing business and you're always comparing oh what is why is this important if this is only going to build x while well, we're already building building so much and that goes again to the fact that they're only measuring numbers they're no me they're not measuring the rate of learning that the team is having the rate of uh, cohesion and collaboration that the team is having because if you allow more of these smaller experiments, which provide an opportunity for a beginner's mindset, for excitement, for starting from zero, you may not get the dollars, but you may get a much higher rate of learning and much higher rate of bonding and collaborating between your team members. So I think this is a big thing, the abundance of resources and always thinking in big terms. And the other thing is that we are still very attached to having a detailed roadmap or word of where this experiment is going to take us to so we all already want to have the map and where the end and this is also uh, something that is an obstacle because you don't know we have just been shown that we don't know i mean nobody planned for this pandemic right we forgot to plan for this and no plan that was set in place at the beginning of this year contemplated something like this so 
if we could allow initiatives and ideas to be tested, obviously within budget constraints, without knowing where, where they're going to take us and without judging them or throwing, it, throwing them out just because they don't bring the dollars in, but they didn't bring the dollars in, but what else did they bring in? What else did we learn? Did we learn something new about our employees? Did we learn something new about our market? Did we learn something new about our consumers? I think this is very important. So abundance of resources and uh, attachment to seeing the end of these initiatives. Fantastic, Natalie. Now I give you, I'm gonna give you a wand, and for that, the magic wand's here. And you spent your life redefining learning, and I'm gonna give you this opportunity to you again. So you have magic wand, how would you redefine learning? <laughs> yes. That is such a hard question, Rubens. I think um, I see it with my own kids, how they are learning to answer the questions that are, being, that are coming in the test. And I would really, I know this is already something that is in place in other countries, but a very important, more real life project-based learning. So learn something like how to build a, a boat or how to make a science experiment. But if we could take out the additional evaluation of the right and wrong answer of the, of the, the scales, if we could just uh, think of initiatives of we're measuring learning by the uh, sparkle and the smiles in people's eyes and the excitement. Because I think when you lose that, that's the most uh, expensive thing that we can have losing the excitement and the sparkle in the eyes to learn something new. Wow, what a learning. Thank you so much, Natalie. This is wonderful. I hope you enjoy the chat and that you work on your sparkle and unleash your magic. Please follow Abra Academy on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram for upcoming webinars and to know more about our virtual workshops. Stay magical. Thank you.